Just because he graduated WVU doesn't mean he's educated. But he does know sports. It's Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. We sent a crack staff out to the NFL Combine. Dale Lolly, Matt Williamson, Jerry Dulac. Hell of a crew. And, of course, my producer Tom is out there trying to get shiz done in Indianapolis. So, Kellen, my new man, is here in the studio. But we just get a call from Tom saying that the world champion Philadelphia Eagles broadcast crew, they've got all their shiz set up where our shiz supposed to be. Uh Uh-uh. You think you win one championship, you can take over our table? It's our damn state. Steelers won six. You gotta win five more. Oh man, I'm 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 honked off now. Get out of here with that nonsense, Philly. They're all hot. They're all fired up because they won the Super Bowl. And now the Flyers haven't lost in a long time. And hey, maybe the Phillies aren't gonna lose a hundred games this year. So they're all excited. And they think they can just do whatever they want. They can run rough shot. If they're going to eat deer poop, there's not much else they're not going to do. It's not deer poop, though. My dog always eats deer poop. That's why I got confused. No, some guy at the Philadelphia Eagles parade ate horse poop. So if they're willing to eat horse poop, then they're willing to just take over our table at the NFL Combine. And I say, F that, F them, F Philly. And good luck, Tom. Although, I assume he won't be fighting Rocky, so I'll give him the puncher's chance to win. Joining me now, from the point of Pittsburgh, longtime Penguins writer, my buddy, Vince Cominal. I was supposed to be on site today. Some technical difficulties at Buford's Kitchen would not allow it, so we will have Vince on via the phone. He usually sits in for about an hour. Vince, what's up, my man? How's it going? Those bastards in Philly are trying to take our stuff. Oh, I know. Well, you got to act like you've been there before, but those people in Philly, they just don't understand that. They don't understand it. And they're going to eat poop, and they're going to put their stuff on our table. And I might drive to Indianapolis after the show and beat some Philly skulls in. What do you think about that? I think it'd be worth the trip. I think so, too. And then I could go to Frank and Izzy's or Hank and Izzy's or whatever the hell it is, a delicious steak place out there. Vince Kahn, it'll point at Pittsburgh, as I mentioned, joining me here on the Crowley Show uh, Vince, if you have to pick one, pick one of these. The best thing the Penguins did at the deadline. Got Broussard, signed Hornquist, kept Sprong and Zach Aston Reese, or got rid of Reeves to Las Vegas? Um, oh, I, I, I would almost go with signing Hornquist. I think that, that uh, I mean, even though it technically wasn't a deadline deal, there's just not another player like Patrick Hornquist in the league, and to lose him in free agency, I think that would have been a, a pretty big loss. And, I mean, all you have to do is look at the uh, power play numbers this year. The Penguins' power play success rate goes down 10% when Hornquist isn't in the lineup. Uh, that tells you what kind of player he is. It does, especially given the talent they have on that power play. You take him away, and all that talent is nowhere near as successful. I'll agree with that. That's where I came down to, signing Hornquist. Because here's what I know. They won the Stanley Cup, the Penguins did, in 2009. But after that, they were underachievers. They fell short of their goal every single year. They had issues 
against teams like Boston. They didn't get bodies to the front of the net. And then these last two years, since Hornquist has come in and played really good hockey, the Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. So, I know you can win a Stanley Cup with Patrick Hornquist. You don't necessarily need Broussard to win the Cup. No, you don't. Well, you don't, but it'll certainly help, I think. Oh, no uh, question. Yeah. I mean, I would almost put those moves as uh, one and one A, Hornquist and then Broussard. I mean, especially for the, the price that they got him for. I mean, you know, Gustafson... Obviously, he looks like he's going to be a great goaltending prospect. But, uh, you know, we've seen uh, prospects fizzle out before. Remember uh, Angelo Esposito? Um, and, I mean, especially when you look at the prices that some of these other teams are paying for guys like Rick Nash, uh, you know, Thomas Tatar, uh, you know, what, what he was able to get Broussard for is just he, he's, a, he's a magician with some of these moves that he pulls off. He is, Vince. And let me ask you this way. Is this the best deal that anybody got at the deadline? Deal as in the price that had to be paid? Because I think it was. I do, too. I do as well. I, I just think that what he gave up, um, I mean, essentially, he got rid of a guy that wasn't fitting in here, got rid of his cap hit in Ryan Reeves. Um, you give up a first-round pick, but, hey, let's face it, that first-round pick is going to be 29, 30, 30, or 31 um, in the pecking order. Um, you give up a prospect, which again, good prospect. Don't get me wrong, but he's 18 years old. Who knows if he's going to turn out or not? And and you get a guy, and not only that, don't forget, the Vegas Golden Knights are paying 40 percent of his Jeez. salary the next two seasons. Not just this season; they're paying that next season. The Penguins are on the hook for three million this year, prorated, and three million next year. The Golden Knights are uh, handling the other two million in both seasons. So. I mean, you you really can't ask for a much better deal. And the fact that he was able to get the Golden Knights to pay that 40% enabled them to sign Patrick Hornquist. So, I mean, just all around, I think it, it was probably the best deal that happened during the trade deadline. My Western Conference team has always been the Calgary Flames. I like the logo. I've always liked the Flames. But I think if you're a Penguins fan, your Western Conference team now has to be the Vegas Golden Knights. they got Marc-Andre Fleury. Now they've got Ryan Reeves. So you don't actually have to see Reeves in your lineup if you're not a guy who loves that kind of style. But you can root for the guy, and you can watch him beat ass in a Western Conference. And then, for whatever reason, GM George McPhee says, eh, sure, we'll, we'll kick in two mil of the $5 million on Broussard, that to me is insane. Now, I get why they did it. They're trying to keep him away from Winnipeg, yes? Yeah, I think that that had a large part to do with it. I mean, it, it could have had a little bit to do with the fact that the Penguins gave them, I believe, a second-round pick um, to take Marc-Andre Fleury just to guarantee that they would take him. Maybe that's McPhee's way of saying, hey, I'm going to get you back for what you gave me earlier this year. But more, more so than anything, I think it's that, hey, we want to keep him away from Winnipeg and possibly uh, Nashville. I don't think Nashville is really in the hunt for him, but uh, especially Winnipeg. And Winnipeg was pretty disappointed that they weren't able to get him. So I think that that definitely had a role in it as well. How big of a loss is Ian Cole going to be? Uh, as much as I liked Ian Cole, you'd rather have Derek Broussard every damn day of the week, I think. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, if your sixth defenseman is your biggest problem going into the playoffs, then you have a pretty good team, I'd say. Um, I think that, yeah, he, he is going to be a, a loss. I, I mean, Matt Hunwick is not going to go down and block shots like Ian Cole did. They play a completely different style. However, 
you have to give something up if you're going to get a player like Derek Broussard. And, you know, unfortunately, in this case, it was Ian Cole. Um, the Penguins, for whatever reason, were looking to move him since the beginning of the season. I, I think there was a little bit of a, a rift there with Coach Sullivan for whatever reason, maybe because of Cole's outspokenness in the locker room, things like that, in the media. But, uh, again, you have to give up somebody good to get a guy like Broussard, and, and uh, that guy just happened to be Ian Cole. It was Cole. Now Hunwick slots in, as you mentioned, and you've got – Chad Ruedel as well. I love those guys. Your seventh and eighth defenseman. I can live with Hunwick, and I think he plays the left side a lot better, don't you? And I think he'll revert back to the guy that he was last year, who I thought had a really good playoff series against the Capitals. Yeah, I think now that he's on the correct side, I think that you'll see him get a little bit better. And the fact that he's going to be getting more consistent ice time, I think he'll get better. He let's be honest he had an absolutely atrocious game against the Panthers last time out but the night before he played a, a pretty decent game so um you know there's always Ruedel waiting in the wings if you want to get him in and give him a try but I think you know if Hunwick's your sixth defenseman you're 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 in a pretty decent position uh, I mean in the playoffs you're going to see Chris Letang play you know close to 30 minutes a game and Hunwick's probably going to play about eight minutes a game so I, I think that you could do worse than having Hunwick as your sixth defenseman. I just think he had a really bad game. Yeah. And and the fact that it was right around the trade deadline, there was so much focus on maybe getting an extra defenseman, it made him being on the ice for four of the goals against look that much worse. I would argue this, Vince, and Vince Commonal of the Point of Pittsburgh joining me here on the Crowley Show. I think the Penguins' forward lines are absolutely better than they were last year when they won the Stanley Cup. And I think the Penguins' defense is better than last year, what they won the Stanley Cup with. Now, of course, if a guy like Latang goes down, then you're going to be in a real bad spot, whereas last year it at least happened prior to the deadline, and you could fix some things there with the deadline. But I think this Penguins roster is better overall, so why are we gnashing our teeth and freaking out about this defense core when they're better everywhere else than they were last year? Uh there's always something to complain about, right? <laughs> they, they they address the need at third-line center, so now fans have to find something else to complain about because they felt that need. So, yeah, I mean, uh, on paper, this team is better than the team that won the Stanley Cup last year just by default by having Chris Letang healthy and in the lineup. I mean, right? he's, playing he's playing 30 minutes a night. And you know what? He's playing a lot better right now, and that's something that it, what you just mentioned there, something I haven't talked about enough, Vince. That's a great damn point. You talk all you want about your six defensemen. Chicago won three Stanley Cups playing basically four guys. Right. I, I think that uh, he's going to eat up so many minutes that, guy, that guys like Ron Hainsey were playing last year. And, I mean, how they had Mark Streit playing in, in some playoff games last year. And uh, he got cut by the Canadians after playing three games for them this year. So I, I, think, I think it'll be fine. Again, like I said earlier, if, if your sixth defenseman is your biggest problem going into the playoffs, and I think that you have a pretty good shot at uh, getting to the Stanley Cup final, at least the Eastern Conference final, if nothing else. Vince Commonal, Point of Pittsburgh, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Is this the deepest the Penguins have ever been down the middle? Um, I mean, I think it rivals when they had uh, Malkin, Stahl, and Crosby as their three. Because at that time in his career, Jordan Stahl was, was solid. I mean, I, Derek Broussard, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you've seen the stat on Twitter that uh, – 
Crosby, Kessel, uh, Broussard, and Malkin are the four leading scorers in the playoffs since 2013. So that, that's a hard stat to argue with, but uh, it at least it, it, it rivals th- that team from 09, if not better, I would say. I think so, too, and I love the flexibility that this lineup has, uh, Vince. I think that you can move guys all around those three centers, and they can be productive because of how good that those three centers are. And, in fact, Riley Shane, if he's your fourth-line center, you're going to be fine with that. You can absolutely be more than fine, in fact, if Riley Shane is centering your fourth line. And here's my ideal lineup, if you want to bear with me for a second. I go sure. sit, sit in the kids' top line. I go Haglin and Hornquist and Malkin for the second line. For the third line, I'm going to go Aston Reese along with Broussard and Kessel. And then on the fourth line, I'm going to put Brian Russ there and say, okay, defend this. Yeah, I would agree with all that, except um, I, I like Rust in one of the top three lines, and I like Kuhnhockel on the fourth line. I think uh, I'd still have Kuhnhockel in my lineup. Yeah. I think Kuhnhockel, uh, who are you taking out, Rowney? Yes. Okay, yeah, I I would also take out Rowney, but I just don't think they're going to do that because they love the fact that he's a right-handed face-off guy and there's nobody else on the team that is really an effective right-handed I, face-off It's guy. the only reason he's going to stick, and he and he plays on the – well, I guess he plays on the penalty kill too, which is something that Derek Broussard doesn't do. So you're right. I mean, that's a reason why he'll stick, and I think that that's why they were going so hard after Matt Cullen was to have that kind of flexibility in someone who could – be like that in the face-off dot. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, and it's funny, Cullen's been actually heating up a little bit for the Wild. I think that's why he wasn't available. He's playing third-line center now. Yeah, he's scored some goals lately, too. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I think that, uh, you know, if Connor Sherry doesn't start performing like you were alluding to earlier, he could find himself a healthy scratch because he doesn't really bring anything to the table as far as specialty teams or taking faceoffs or anything like that. So if he's not scoring or at least putting up some points, there's really no use for him in the lineup because he's not a third or fourth line type of player. And, you know, a guy like uh, Rowney uh, or Aston Reese, Aston Reese was one of the top penalty killers down in Wilkes-Barre. They, they at least bring something that, you know, to differentiate themselves. So, um, like you were saying earlier, I think uh, it might be Sherry that finds himself a healthy scratch if he doesn't turn his game around soon. Let's talk more when we come back about Connor Sherry, uh, because I think that there's only one place for him in this lineup if it's not going to be in the press box. We'll talk about that when we come back. Plus, someone's on Twitter that you're all going to want to mess with, and did Tom beat up people from Philly? It's the Crowley Show. Update on the Combine situation before we get to Vince Cominal of the Point of Pittsburgh. Apparently the Giants took up two tables, which forced the Eagles to take up the Steelers' table. So the Eagles, they win a championship and they think, oh, we're the best. F them. Your hockey team hasn't won a championship since 75. The Phillies are perennially rebuilding because, oh my God, they F that up. 
And the Eagles, congratulations. This is the first championship they've won. Oh, you got Rocky. Well, Rocky Five sucks. I feel like it taints the rest of the franchise a little bit. Cheesesteaks, eh, overrated. Geno's path, they don't got nothing on Permanis. They think they're so tough, they take our table. But what I like best is that the Giants, they're pissed that the Eagles won a championship. So what they do is they pull their wang out and slap it on the table. And they say, oh, here's the deal. Pun intended. They are overcompensating. The Giants are like, well, we didn't win a championship. And our quarterback is A, the mouth breather, breather, Eli Manning. Mouth breather actually kind of sounds funny, too. Or B, Geno Smith, who thinks the earth is flat. So we've got to take our real estate any way we can. And in this case, we're going to take it in the form of a table at the NFL Combine. Table 19, by the way, which is ours. I did not want to go to the Combine because... I worked on my kitchen all damn week, last week. So that, then going to the combine, I'd just be drained for the rest of the summer because I don't have the stamina that I used to. But I'm thinking about hopping in my car, my 2009 Kia Rio with 100,000 miles on it, and driving my ass to Indianapolis so that I can take Fran Duffy of Eagles.com and slap him across the face. I actually like Fran. He's a very nice guy. Probably wasn't him. The Giants people, though, last year we had a little game going because they did all their stuff online. And in the background, you just saw me rubbing my nips, doing hand puppets. (laughs) That might actually be the root of all of this now that I think about it. Vince Commonal of the Fischler Report. He'll be driving to Indianapolis with me. He's back now on the show. Vince, you want to be my number two? You want to be my second? If I go down, you take out the rest of the guys? Can we stop at Skyline Chili in Cincinnati? Absolutely. And then, and then, we can defecate, and the Philadelphia people will eat it, because that's what they do now, because of the championship parade, and we will win the fight. Well, if we're stopping at Skyline, I'm in. We're stopping at Skyline, then. That's the only redeeming thing in all of Ohio, I think. There there are a couple of racks uh, roast beef left in Ohio. That's pretty good, too. Is it drive-thru roast beef? Yes. I'm going to have to pass on the drive through roast beef, my friend. Uh, you're missing out, man. Vince Commonal, Point of Pittsburgh, right here on the Crowley Show. Vince, Connor Sheary can really only play one spot in this Penguins team if he's going to be productive, right? And that's alongside Sidney Crosby. We really haven't seen him be a productive player otherwise, have we? Yeah, like you were saying earlier, I think it's time to just put Gensel and Sherry on, on either side of Crosby for about uh, 10 games. Just let them play, see what happens, and go from there. If if Sherry still is not producing, then maybe you put Aston Reese back up there because he scored, what, four goals in eight games playing up there. So uh, you have options. So, you know, maybe you play Aston Reese on the third or fourth line until then, or maybe he's even a healthy scratch. But but uh, give Sherry and Gensel the chance to, to play on that top line for a, a consistent period, see what happens, and then, you know, weigh your options from there. Vince, I texted you during the break when I meant to text my wife. You pointed that out to me. It would not have occurred to me had you not pointed it out. I said, hey, what time is your dad coming over? 
And you said, I don't know, I haven't talked to him today. And I said, okay, kiddo, because I was talking to my wife. And then thank you for saying, I don't think that that text was meant for me, LOL. Uh, although my father-in-law is coming over to complete some of our kitchen work that has been going on forever. Would your dad be able to help in that regard? Yeah, he's, he's uh, actually a very good handyman. We've uh, flipped several houses, so if uh, you ever need some help, just let me know. Have you flipped houses? Uh, with, with assistance from my dad, yeah. But it's, I think uh, I think it's, uh, I'd be interested in doing a few more, so maybe we could talk about that offline. <laughs> Damn, yeah, we'll make that happen. Vince Commonal, Point of Pittsburgh, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Okay, so we've kind of laid these Penguins lines out the way that we think that they should go. Now what do you think they're going to do? Well, it looks like tonight they they have uh, Connor Sherry on a third line with Broussard and Kessel. Um, uh, again, like we just said, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I don't I don't think he's a third-line type of player. But then again, that's not a very typical third line either when you have Phil Kessel and Terry Broussard playing no. on it. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, I wouldn't touch that second line. Uh, I think uh, Hornquist, uh, Malkin, and Hagelin is just, uh, I mean, uh, Carl Hagelin is playing some of the best hockey I've seen him play in a long time. I, I think that uh, he's almost justifying that uh, $4 million a year uh, cap hit the way he's been playing lately. I, I just think that he's been playing really good lately. Um, it looks like uh, Kuhnhockel's off of IR, um, so I'll be interested to see if he slots in on that fourth line. Uh, with uh, Rowney and Shahan, and it looks like maybe Aston Reese will be the healthy scratch tonight. Um, and then uh, you've got uh, uh, Rust uh, on the first line with Crosby. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, as we've seen with uh, Coach Sullivan, I think that he'll be juggling the, the lines around uh, quite a bit uh, if things are going well. So uh, I think the only line that you might see stay intact is that second line. I, I think you just don't mess with that one. Um, but I think you'll see some uh, shifts where – Crosby will center the fourth line. Uh, you know, Rowney will take a shift down, and he'll he'll center the, the fourth line, or Malkin will center the fourth line to get the matchup uh, the matchup game going, especially at home. So we'll see. But I, I'm with you. I would rather see uh, Connor Sherry up on that first line, and I think that, uh, like you said earlier, I think Zach Aston-Reese would slot in very nicely on that uh, third line as a guy who can be the the physical guy on that line and kind of create some space for uh, Kessel and Broussard. Flipping our attention to what some other teams did in the Eastern Conference, Vince, as you're very up on all that, how do you view Tampa now as compared to Tampa before? If the Penguins had Broussard and Tampa's roster didn't change, how do you view the way that those two teams would match up, and how do you view the matchup now that they have added J.T. Miller and Ryan McDonough? Honestly, I, I think that the, the better player in that deal was J.T. Miller that they got. Uh, they basically have the New York Rangers uh, top four defenseman from when they made it to the Stanley Cup final in 2014. You know what? And it's funny because every player who gets named a captain in New York eventually winds up in Tampa. You got, you've got you got Callahan, now you've got McDonough, so eventually Matt Zuccarello is going to wind up in Tampa Bay yeah. as well. Uh, Marty St. Louis. He, yeah. I don't know if he was ever the captain in New York, but he was this, an alternate for sure. So. Yeah, it's kind of funny the way that works out. It's like New York South. But the, the problem is those guys are four years older, and, and you know, they, they didn't get the job done that year. Very good team. I mean, you make the Stanley Cup final, you're a good team. Yeah. But they didn't get the job done that year. Now they're four years older, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, they're, they're a very, very good team. Don't get me wrong. But I think that the Rangers 
grossly misused JT Miller and underutilized him for whatever reason. Elaine Vigneault did not see him as the player that most other people in the league see him as. And I think he's really going to flourish in Tampa. So that, uh, that could be a, a, a difficult uh, thing for the Penguins to contend with should they meet the Eastern Conference final. But, um, I, I think that they upgraded their forward depth, uh, very well, but their defensive depth, I'm not so sure. I, I you know, those guys, they're offensive defensemen, and we've seen in the past that the Penguins uh, take advantage of offensive defensemen. Uh, you know, just look at, ask the Washington Capitals how that went. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Vince Kyman will join me at Point of Pittsburgh. How good's Boston, and do they think it's 2010? I, I tweeted yesterday, I think Boston actually got worse by acquiring Rick Nash and signing Brian Gionta. I mean, Nash is is over the hill. I mean, he's still a productive player, but for what they gave up for him, I mean, Ryan Spooner's a decent player. They gave up one of their top prospects. They gave up a defenseman. They gave up a pick to, for for a guy that's a rental player. And and like I said, I, I mean, he's over the hill. And what is what does Rick Nash ever want? You know, and Rick Brian Nash Deontes, has been a forty goal scorer in this league, and in the playoffs, he's barely a twenty goal guy. If you extrapolate it, he's been a guy who's come up small and lame in the biggest moments. Exactly. He is just not a proven playoff performer at all. And uh, and then Gianta, I, I mean, I hope they sign him just for depth and he's going to be a healthy scratch. He had zero points in the Olympics, and his ice time shrank the, the further the games went on. <laughs> I, I just I just uh, don't understand that signing at all. But, hey, what do I know? <laughs> and not to mention the fact that he's 40 years old. Um I, I like you said, maybe they think that it's 2010 or something like that. But uh, I actually somehow think that they got worse at the trade deadline, not better. Yeah, they sent out Spooner, who's a better player right now than Rick. If you, Nash. If you look at the numbers, he actually has slightly better numbers than Nash, and they gave up all of that stuff to get a guy who's only who's slightly worse than the guys they traded away. Yeah, that's silly. Uh, Vince Common, will point of Pittsburgh, joining me here on the Crowley Show for a few more minutes, uh, Vince. The team that the Penguins are playing tonight is one that can skate. Uh, they're a fun team to watch. Ray Shiro has made the Devils a team that I don't hate to see pop up on the schedule. Now they've added Grabner, and they've added Maroon. I don't think this is a cup contender, certainly. I still think that they're early, a year early or so, in terms of their plans. But this is a team that I think will be a difficult out for someone, and I think they're going to give the Penguins trouble tonight. I really like what they did at the trade deadline. They went out and got a uh, a physical forward that has a scoring touch in Maroon and Grabner. I know I know the Penguins wanted him. Uh, you know, a speedy a speedy forward that, that also has a scoring touch. Um, I I really like what they did, and whoever matches up with them in the first round of the playoffs is going to have a really tough matchup. Um, and don't don't look now, but they're only four points behind the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that. They're, everybody's bunched up. Anybody could win this Metropolitan Division, including the Devils. So this is a this is a huge game tonight. And don't forget, Corey Schneider is hurt. Corey Schneider is one of the top five goalies in the, in the NHL, and he's hurt. But the Devils keep on winning. So you know, watch out for them when when he gets back in net because he's a he's a workhorse goalie who usually plays close to seventy games a year. And when he gets back in the lineup with all these other talented players that they have, this is going to be a really, uh, really tough team for whoever matches up with them. In order, at least to me, this is how I think the pecking order goes in the Metro. I think Pittsburgh's the best team. 
Uh, I look at Washington. I still think that they're good. I think that they've been great of late. Their roster is good now, not great. But I still think that they are a hair above those teams that we've been talking about. But after that, I've got New Jersey on top of both Philadelphia and Columbus. Philly is playing out of their minds right now, but it's not sustainable. Their roster is not good enough for me to be playing at this clip. Now, they obviously are playing at this clip, but... I think that they'll fall back to earth at some point. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Philadelphia and you look at the Capitals, they they're they're very weak on D. They, their defenseman their defenseman depth is just not great. And when you have to match up against Crosby, Malkin, Broussard as your centers, and not to mention the, the winger sitter on the, each of those lines. I just don't see the Capitals or the Flyers being able to match up. Um, the same thing with the Devils. Their, their D is, is a little bit suspect. I think that their D is better than what the Capitals and the Flyers have to offer. And, you know, we've seen this with the Flyers before. They're having a great season, and they've got three guys in the top ten in scoring. So don't, you know, don't diminish what they, they've sure. accomplished thus far. They, I mean, they could, they could score goals. But I just can't see a team with, uh, you know, Peter Morazic is is their goalie is getting far in the playoffs. I think that uh, his true colors will show uh, once once the playoffs begin. But uh, I I just think that uh, I would I would probably agree with your order. I think that it's the Penguins and the Capitals, and I kind of like that the Capitals didn't do anything this year. Oh. I think that they I think they've been burned so much in the past by acquiring these guys, like what they did with Shattenkirk last year. I think that they said this year, you know what, let's not mess with our chemistry. We're, we're doing pretty well. I think that we're just going to stay in path. I, I was I was actually fearful that they were going to be the ones who picked up Ian Cole because I thought that he would have slotted in real nice on their yes. D. Um, but uh, he went to Columbus, and honestly, I don't I don't see Columbus making the playoffs. I think uh, either the Islanders or the Hurricanes are going to wow. slide in there. Maybe even the Panthers. The Panthers are, are a good young team. Too. They coming, they're, baby. Yeah, they are uh, – they are a good young team. Um, I don't know if Luongo still has it in him to, to stick around long enough to see that team come to fruition. But, uh, man, they're a good team uh, led by uh, Pittsburgh's own uh, uh, Vincent Trocek. But, uh, so, yeah, I would go Penguins, Capitals, uh, Devils, Flyers. Um, but, again, any, any of those three teams could win a division because we've seen in the past that it doesn't really matter if you win the division. It's what you do, actually do in the playoffs. But, uh there are some really good teams in the Metro division right now, and um, I, I could see any of those teams giving the Penguins a hard time should they face up uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Bringing it back to the Penguins here for a few minutes, Vince Commonal, Point of Pittsburgh, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Can the Penguins win the Stanley Cup without Matt Murray? If this was to be an injury that would keep him out for the remainder of the season, can they win the Stanley Cup? Now, that's not to say it's going to be. Hell, he could be back at practice the next time they practice. I'm not sure. But hypothetically, do you like what they have there enough and what they've got elsewhere on the roster to say, okay, sure, without Matt Murray, this team could still win the championship? Um, You know, like you said, theoretically, because we, we, we just don't know what, what – uh you know, the length of this injury could be. But, yes, I really do think they can because when you look at the, the combination of uh, Jari and DeSmith, last year they had the best save percentage in the AHL. Um, they, they've both got a lot of NHL experience this year. Um, and we've seen it in the past that Sullivan will put together a game plan to, you know, kind of 
protect, I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, protect the young goaltenders. I mean, we saw that when Murray went in in the Cup two years ago. The Penguins were blocking shots like crazy. They they just weren't going to let Matt Murray see 40 shots a night. They were going to go, and they were going to make sure that they were blocking shots. So, you know, rookie the rookie netminer didn't have to make 40 saves a night. So if it came down to that, I do believe that this team is talented enough where if Murray was out long-term, they could have, uh, you know, I, I would guess that Jari would be the, the, the higher pedigree starting guy. Yes. Um, and I, I do believe that they probably could win another cup uh, without Murray. That being said, I would much rather have Matt Murray in there because he's been playing lights out lately. Circling back to Hornquist just for one more moment here, Vince. Why would anybody be against the deal that was made? I, you know, I've, I've seen that on Twitter, and I just I, I think that they're they're novice hockey fans, and they just don't understand how important this guy has been to these last two Stanley Cups and the, the very unique skill set that he has. Is five years a long time for a guy like him? Yeah, because he plays he plays such a rough style that he would have gotten that term on the open market, and he would have made more money too. I just think that the you know the Penguins said, hey. We're going to give you that extra year. The Penguins probably only wanted to do four years. And then he kind of probably said, well, all right, well, I'll give you less less money for the longer term. Um, I mean, it, when you look at guys that play like him, there have been guys in their, you know, late 30s that, that have been very successful. You look like at uh, Holmstrom that played for Detroit for all those years. I mean, he, he was like 35, I think, when, when he was playing against the Penguins in those back-to-back Stanley Cups, and uh, he was one of their better players. Um, even, to a lesser extent, you look at a guy like uh, you know Gary Roberts. He played until he was uh, 42 years old, and he, and, uh, he played that style. So I, I am not worried about that at all. Hey, if you, have to, if you have to eat the fifth year of that contract or if he's not an effective player in the fifth year of that contract, you know what? You still got out of him what you wanted because this, this this is the window right now to win championships the next three to four years, and now you've got the core of your players locked up for the next uh, three four years or in some cases uh, eight years with Crosby. That um, I, I just uh, I, I've seen some of the criticisms on, on Twitter, but again I think those are just people who don't understand the game and, and the unique skill set that Patrick Hornquist brings. Vince, appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. We will see you and your father after the game tonight. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Vince Common will point of Pittsburgh. Uh, appreciate him being on the show. Coming up at 6, that's 21 minutes. John Schuster, the skip of the Olympic curling team that won the gold medal. Coming up next, we'll give you two reasons maybe to be happy today. If you're a Pirates fan, it's the Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. The kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. I can report exclusively here on the Crowley Show that the Steelers are officially 2-0. Yeah, that's right, bitches. The Giants, they think they could take our spot on Radio Row at the NFL Combine. And then whenever they push the Eagles out of their spot, the Eagles took the Steelers' spot. Well, our man Tom, Tom Offerman, he of the Crowley Show, the producer, 
He said, hey, Eagles, scram. Hey, Giants, scram. Both proud franchises, to be sure, the Eagles defending Super Bowl champs now. But Tom just laid the smackdown on them to remind them that football royalty does not include the Giants or the Eagles. The Steelers are football royalty. Bow down, all ye who want to join the club. 412-922-2874 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm worried about Tom, though. They're going to knife him in the back or something. Last year when I was out at the Combine, I walked past Bill Belichick. And my engineer at the time, Craig, who Tom is filling in for now this year, he goes, who was that? Bill Belichick, man. Why did you say hi? If Satan was sitting on my shoulder, I wouldn't talk to him. Why the hell would I talk to damn Bill Belichick? He's actually smiling, though. It does make me smile now to think that months later, his team lost to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We've got my man, John Schuster, the skip of the United States gold medal curling team coming up at 6 o'clock. He's an Olympic hero. He's got a family. But I want to know what kind of shenanigans went down in the Olympic Village. I want to know what happened. Do they give out condoms? Does he hang out with the other athletes? I do think that the curling team is the team that would have the least interaction with everyone else. Because everyone else probably does 100 pull-ups a day, a bunch of sit-ups, works on their craft. Now, I know the curling peeps, they work on their craft. But I'd be willing to bet that they're not doing a bunch of sit-ups or pull-ups or chin-ups. I'm guessing they're just pushing a stone across some ice. John Schuster, 30 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Josh Yoey after that as we've got a pseudo-Penguins pregame show today. We've talked all hockey. The Pirates, though, they've had a grievance filed against them by the Players Union. And here's something I've never said out loud about the Pirates because I heard through a back channel that this was the case. But why not? I got my own radio show. Fire me if you want to. Back when the Open was played in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, there was a request from the PGA Tour for the Stanley Cup to be there, for the Lombardi Trophy to be there, or a Lombardi Trophy to be there, and a Championship World Series Trophy to be there as well. And they made calls out to each of the teams, and the Steelers and the Penguins said, yeah, absolutely, why not? Penguins made a few calls. They tried to get the Stanley Cup there. Steelers said, yeah, take a Lombardi. We've got five more. Unlike the Eagles, who only have the one, and if they gave it away, whoopsie doodle. And the Pirates called back and said, yeah, it'll be $30,000. This is who owns the Pittsburgh Pirates. The ultimate penny pincher. Cares about skiing. Cares about newspapers in West Virginia, and he cares about lining his pockets. So the players' union in Major League Baseball has filed a grievance 
The grievance claims that four teams have not spent revenue-sharing money in the fashion intended by the collective bargaining agreement. The Pirates, of course, are one of them. The others, the Marlins, the A's, the Pirates. I forget the last one. doesn't matter. The Pirates are on the list. Frank Coonley says that the grievance is patently baseless and a meritless claim. Now, the fact that the Players Association has filed a grievance, to me, means that it's not entirely baseless. To me, it means that there is actually fire to the smoke. And you don't have to look very far to see that smoke. Because the Pirates are the only team in Major League Baseball, the only team that has not signed a free agent this winter. A major league free agent. The only team. So the grievance means a couple of things for Pirates fans and a couple of reasons for Pirate fans to be happy. Pirate fans got happy when Corey Dickerson got traded for. But other than that, they haven't had much to cheer for over the last couple of years. To be happy about, to smile about. This grievance being filed means two things to me for Pirates fans. Number one, it's validation. Validation that Pirates fans aren't crazy whack jobs. Validation that the Pirates faithful, the team that just wants to see that P be successful. They don't care about the owners, they care about the Pirates, they care about baseball in Pittsburgh. It's validation that they're not crazy. It's validation that the Players Association agrees with them that Bob Nutting is not doing enough. It's validation that there are others out there, rational, reasonable people who believe that Bob Nutting is lining his pockets and not putting the money from revenue sharing back into the baseball team. Again, Frank Coonley says that the grievance is patently baseless and a meritless claim. I actually think that this gives Pirates fans a base. I actually think that there's merit now because of the grievance being filed. And Pirates fans can all now sink their teeth into something. Because these financial records, they're not public. We know what the Pirates' payroll is. We very rarely find out what the Pirates' bottom line is. Now, Forbes will do some reporting. There are estimates. But you don't ever really know. Well, the fact that the Major League Baseball Players Union is filing a grievance, first of all, maybe that comes out. But second of all, it means that they think that there's enough there to file said grievance. So Pirates fans, you should feel good about the fact that you're not just screaming into the wind. Somebody, an entity, is actually taking your side. Dan Lebitard had the commissioner of baseball on about a month ago on his radio show, which you can hear from 2 o'clock until 4 here on ESPN Pittsburgh. And he was challenging the commissioner of baseball on why Derek Jeter was given the ability to run the Florida Marlins. Though the Miami Marlins, whatever. And he was trying to get answers because South Florida was hurting because their baseball team is just a money grab. And now the newest ownership group that comes in is doing the exact same thing the old ownership group did. So Levitard's yelling at the commissioner of baseball and asking him very tough questions about the commissioner of baseball. And I think people in South Florida finally felt for the first time that somebody had their back. Well, I think Pirate fans can feel the same way today because the Players Association 
is saying there's some smoke here, there's some fire here. This is actually happening as far as we're concerned. Number two, maybe other owners around Major League Baseball are going to get fed up with the fact that the Pirates don't spend money while other franchises do. Maybe this can piss off the other owners around the league enough that something can be done there. And again, it's really hard to force out an owner who isn't recorded using a racial slur on his phone by his concubine. That's how you get Donald Sterling out. It's really tough to force an owner out. But perhaps these owners being pissed can push the game in a direction that would be beneficial to small market teams all around Major League Baseball. And perhaps them being pissed off can finally get some discussion going forward about a salary floor. I'm sure the Players Association would love a salary floor. I bet you that's one of the reasons that they've gone this route. To try to get the owners pissed off enough to try to create a salary floor, which would be great for the Pirates. Well, for Pirates fans. Not for the Pirates ownership. Bob Nutting. Because he would have to spend more money than he's probably comfortable spending. In fact, he'd have to spend more money than we know he's comfortable spending. Those are two reasons to be kind of fired up today if you're a Pirates fan. One, that you got a friend in the Players Association saying, hey, these buckos, they be effing with things here. They're not spending the money in the right places. And two, maybe other owners around the league get fed up enough to make something happen. Coming up next, gold medalist baby John Schuster, the skip of the United States gold medal team, the curling team. It's the Crowley Show.